Hi, everyone. This is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley. And Alex Yankovich. Yeah, every day, we're just out here. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. We are thrilled to be with you for what could be the greatest episode yet. If it's your first time joining us, well, first off, hi, welcome. It's nice to meet you. Uh, My name is Taylor, and I'm joined by my beautiful best friend, co-host Alex. And each week, we just talk about the dance industry. We bring on different guests and kind of pick their brains about their journey, what they've learned, what they wish they knew. Uh, And we just want to foster this conversation between some professionals of the dance program um, all the way down to the very rookie recreational beginning level and just get this conversation going. Um, So in order to stay up to date with with these conversations, make sure you're following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. And while you're there, be sure that you give our partners, our sponsors at Inside Dance Magazine a follow as well. Their handle is Inside Dance Mag. Last but not least, we would really, really love to hear from you. The good, the bad, the ugly, the embarrassing, the funny, the successful, everything in between. Please feel free to write us at our email at InsideDancePodcast at gmail.com. Alex, another week. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so well. Um, You know, things are just crazy. Summer is crazy no matter where you are. Summer is crazy. Crazy. There's so much going on. And um, I definitely, I'm a really good organizer with my schedule, but you know, you definitely have to like kind of take it to that next level um, to kind of, get your schedule straight and be able to do everything fully while also having, you know, that time to rest, which is awesome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It's, you bring up such a good point. Like seasonally summer in my head has always been like, Ooh, yay. Summer vacation. Like let's go do fun stuff. But then also like when work picks up as well and summer intensives and gigs and all that. So I like find myself constantly straddling this, this balance of like, yay, I should be having fun and going to the lake and going to the beach. But then I'm also like, Oh, and then I don't have any time to sit still and like just be with myself so exactly uh, yeah still still trying to figure that out 28 years later but I mean um, yeah uh, we're we're striving for that mental wellness um which goes perfectly dude yeah this week Yeah. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, uh, we discuss mental wellness with our dear friend, Erica Day. And continuing on that theme today, later we are joined by two incredible women. You guys, when I say Alex and I were like on a high after our interview (laughs) with them, it is 100%. Their names are Kristen Dice and Michelle Lickadoo. And they are the co-creators and founders of a company called Dance Send, which is actually going to be our community spotlight for this week because it's just so, so, incredible. Yes. And Dance End's mission is to bring mental wellness to the forefront of dance training by providing a space for education, application, and community to dancers, educators, and professionals. And, you know, they really are kind of filling this gap that is there in our training where, yes, we train our bodies. Yes, we condition and we have, you know, so much intensity and hours behind what we do, but we rarely ever address the mental capacity and the mental effect that, um, it has on our lives. And especially I think Taylor and I, we've talked about this a lot before, you know, growing up and kind of, you know, becoming professionals ourselves. I notice these gaps in my, in my own body and in my own mental wellness as well. So dance end really kind of fills those gaps. So we really hope you guys enjoy this interview, but also we really want you guys to stay up to date with them. So please follow dance send on Instagram at dance send official. That's D A N S C E N D O F F I C I A. I love it. And then also follow them on their website at dancesend.com because on their website, they have so many different, different offerings for you guys. If you want to work on intensives or workshops, and they also have an ebook available. So all of that information can be found on their website. So please, please, please look into it. Definitely. And they are so, so great about doing the self-work. And I know Alex and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast, both as dancers, doing your own work, creating your own projects, but also at the same time, looking uh, introspectively and, you know, looking, analyzing your emotion, or I shouldn't say analyzing, but just becoming aware of your emotions and how you feel in this crazy, crazy industry that we have. So definitely be sure to check out all of those amazing, amazing resources and stick around for their interview later in this episode. Oh, yes. And also we'll have those links in the description below. Per use. Per use. Per use. But I know Taylor and I wanted to kind of talk about um, 
a little bit about dancer burnout. And I actually have never experienced burnout because I'm really good at finding when I'm on the path. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I have to give you credit for that. You're always like, you're good at unplugging before, like before Explosion. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've always been great at that. I, um, on the other hand, feel like I, I don't know. I, 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 even in those times of feeling burnt out or I feel like I'm getting close to the boiling point, I definitely have a couple of my like back pocket secrets that yes. I know have worked well for me. Um, one of which is just, unplugging, getting off of social media, getting off of the internet. I know so many emotions come from this state of comparison that we're thrown into in this dance industry. So like nature, I love you. I yes. am always my best self when I just get out and go hike or remind myself that like these little things that I'm burnt out about or stressed out about, or I didn't get this audition or this frustration they're really so minuscule. One of my favorite quotes is, um, it's a quote, a meme. Can you quote a meme? I don't know. I think um, so. Unknown creator, but it's, uh, it says two ways to look at life. And it's a guy that's all sad. And he's like, nobody cares. And then the next one, it's like a guy super excited. He's like, nobody cares. And I love that. Yeah. So I try and flip my burnout to that ladder of the two. I want to be the excited guy. Cause it's like, yes, these things get so, uh, become so incorporated and we, our lives become wrapped up in these little issues, you know, whether you're in school at a show, uh, working on a ship, working at whatever gig, things that are so important and so necessary or like drive you crazy right now, really grand scheme of things are not that big of a deal. So I remind myself to just flip my perspective and be like, Hey, this, that this may be what's driving me, making me feel these emotions, this frustration, this burnout. But at the end of the day, this is one page of the book of the chapter. So just keep turning pages, unplug and remind yourself there is so much beauty in the world, getting out and just experiencing it. And then it's going to make your troubles, your feelings, this burnout, not as big of an issue. So I don't know. What about you? What are your thoughts, I, Al? Well, I love that you brought up nature. And what's so funny is I, sometimes when I'm feeling kind of um, like, ugh, is the only word I can. Can you spell it. that, please? <laughs> I, I really Every vowel, a couple Y's. E W Y K K. Great, know. great. Um, but I always go for a walk. I put my AirPods mm -hmm. in and I listen to some Rufus DeSoul on repeat, and Let's I go. just go for a walk in the sunshine after applying sunscreen to my face. And uh, <laughs> and it's honestly, I've never gone for a walk and be like, I feel like crap after that. Right. Like, that never happened. Pro tip, get a dog because the dog will make you right. take it on walks. So that's my best, you know, I know we've talked about resolutions and um, intentions and mindsets a lot on this podcast. I think back to our uh, end of the year episodes, we were talking about goals and my, I remember my most clear headed mind self, uh, clear headed mind self. I don't, yeah. don't quote me on that term, but um was when I would get up at like 7, 8 a.m., hate my life, because as we know, if you listen to this podcast, I am not a morning person. Um, so I'd get just a fat cup of coffee, but I'd take my dog on like a 30-minute walk and it would just set my day in such a good place. So I think, yeah, finding those, finding what works for you for for burnout and just finding those things that center you as a whole. But Totally. Um, do, you, do you feel like when you watch, like whenever I, I have like, I don't post dance videos as often because I could just find like so many things wrong with it. Wait, oh my God, this is kind of funny. So I, I get like you had brought up social media and I do get some anxiety about that. And I had posted a reel like a, a while ago, like probably end of June. Was it your and pirouettes? Yes. It was the, I loved it. It's the, so good. It makes me happy. The Vogue one. Thank you so much. And um, also, I, and you did like nine pirouettes and just, I, yeah, I it's focus fine. really hard on ha like having the prep be correct, like my alignment be mm -hmm. correct and i swear to you like that alignment it's solid in the video yeah and someone so still is. someone still commented don't overcross your prep and, and i'm like who <laughs> go back to the forest you troll like oh gosh there's a oh, there's no. a place and a time for everything and i guess there's two sides to this coin when you're putting it on the internet technically anyone can say anything exactly. but i'm also like you didn't post that being like hey could i get some for some feedback like i people. actually yeah and i laughed yeah. about it so i feel like on the road to burnout a lot of uh, <laughs> like for me my what helps me is i laugh i really do laugh about it and like I find it funny. Nobody cares. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and nobody cares. And then also just another little tip is like, I watch like a really good,
good movie that has like some beautiful dancing in it. And then I'm like mm-hmm. instantly re-inspired again. Uh, but yeah, it's too funny. I feel like I get burnt out from like, like not be like, if I'm not perfect, I'm like, Oh, well, I'm just not going to do anything anyway. That's really yeah. a See, bad and this mindset. Is, no, no, no. This is, it's not bad. It's normal. And it's, I think what <laughs> it's what we all do. And this is a good, I'm not fully ch- segueing into our interview yet. Cause I want to bring yeah. up one more point, but it's so relevant and something that we discussed later in this interview is just training your brain to, to flip that narrative and, yeah. and, and avoid perfection because perfection is boring. I mean, it's pretty, yeah. but it's boring, but it's so okay. Boring. So dance burnout. What about choreography burnout? Oh my gosh. Yes. Choreography burnout. The first thing I do is I go take someone else's class Yep. because sometimes, you know, when you're choreographing and you're like, Oh my God, I haven't turned to face the back like once, or I mm-hmm. haven't used my right arm once. I've only been doing things onto the, like you get in that mindset where you're so in your box, like you can't explain it. And then I go take someone else's class and it's not, it's just them moving in the space. I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. I can move yeah. in the space. I can use my levels. Like it's totally, that's the first thing I do whenever I feel blockage. Yeah, no, same way. And it's, I think I always say in order to stay inspired, you have to seek inspiration. And I know we're all busy and we're all teaching, but it's like, yeah, if you don't take time to continue to train and further your education, just getting in class it's like the silliest things. Like you just said, you're like, Oh yeah, I can turn right. Like <laughs> it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just yeah. literally you, you like, you can be like in your head. And I find this way, like in my fitness classes too, like programming, which is much more structured, like push up squats. Like it's not as nearly free formed as choreography is, uh-huh. but I'll go take someone else's class. And I'm like, it's genius. She did three squats and one push up. Like, wow. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's the silly things that, that it's just keeping yourself in a, a inspirational or a inspiration seeking mindset. And yeah, the only way to do that is to go out to see shows, to see classes or to mm-hmm. take classes, to, um, just be open, open to, yeah. Open, like mentally, emotionally. And it's crazy how quickly that will interpret into your movement. I think. Gosh, that's so true. So true. And listening to new music always and listening to old music. What, what, dude. Yes. Very that. What did we do before the Spotify? Like, here's your weekly playlist. I don't know. What did we do before Spotify? Remember when you would, okay, let's talk about this real quick. You'd go to competition and be like, cool. I got my song that I got from media play or whatever that I got on the CD, like jock jams volume four. I do. Yeah. Illegally downloaded from LimeWire, FrostWire, one of those, but, um, yeah, I, I think about that. Sorry, that's just a random thought and aside that I had. Because now sorry, music... What did we do, though? I actually don't remember. Yeah, like, I will like an editing music like on the cassette and having to, like, stop and... Go, it's crazy. We are so spoiled um, in such a good way now yeah. that there is so many resources and, like, opportunity for inspiration. Circling this back um, into, like, yeah, the Spotify thing where it's like, you listen to Rufus Del Sol or XYZ... 14 times a day last week. So maybe you'll like this. And yeah, that's been like my, 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 my go-to my crutch. But yeah, if, if the world, if something happens to the world and Spotify crashes, I'm doomed, man. (laughs) I I can't do Apple music. I can't. I can't. Uh, sorry, no offense, sorry, Apple, Apple Music. Apple, Apple podcast. We love you. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now streaming on Spotify. And that's how we got pulled from Apple music. Everyone. Oh my gosh. Um, No. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's fully transition. Let's fully segue into our interview, uh, with the owners of Dan Send, Kristen Dice and Michelle Lookadoo. Guys, stick around. It is some amazing, amazing stuff. Well, everybody, let's welcome our very special guests today, Kristen Dice and Michelle Lookadoo, the co-founders of Dancend. Welcome, you two. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, my gosh. We're great. We got facials this morning. (laughs) Oh, let's go self-care. Self-care Sunday. (laughs) Well, we double up. So we have a monthly vision meeting for Dancend, and we have it at a spa. I I love that. If you're listening, take notes. Your team meetings (laughs) should be at wellness venues or something of the sort. That's amazing. I have a feeling I'm going to get into this later, but I find myself, I treat myself every time I do something um, where I worked really hard and it could have been something that was normal. I always treat myself <laughs> like literally I did a self tape earlier today at like 7am and I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to go like get Starbucks because I, I treat myself for like, okay, I woke up, I did it and I got it done. <laughs> And I feel like yes. you congratulations. Like, like, Let's normalize that culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, ladies, uh, where are you guys uh, joining us uh, from on via the interwebs? Yeah. <laughs> we are in LA. I'm in a little area of Burbank, um, but amazing. I'm in Los Feliz. Oh, amazing. I'm in okay. Town. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. Well, I'm in Vegas. If you yeah. guys want to get out of town, it's a, it's a brisk one fifteen this week. So. Oh, no. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Audience sound effect. But yeah, anyways. we're all at the spa and you're like. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just trying not to melt. My my home is a sauna, actually, or I guess a, a dry heat anyway. Oh, Alex, let's kick it off. Yeah, well, we really want our listeners to get to know you. So before we kind of dive into what Dance Send is about, we want to know where you guys are from and what your dance background is, kind of how that all began. So whichever one of you wants to go first, just let us uh, let us hear your roots. Great. I'll just jump in and start, Michelle. Um, so I started dancing really, really young, like most most of us, I think. And my mom was like, I think she's really serious about this. And I went to um, a serious ballet school young and I trained at the rock school of Pennsylvania ballet. And I went to SAB for a few summers and I went to Miami city ballet to train when I was 16. I homeschooled my last year of high school. It was like, I don't know what my parents were thinking. Um, (laughs) They really trusted me. Um, And my, my path, right. was like, professional ballet dancer, getting into a company, not going to college like that. That's what my eyes were on. And it didn't go that way at all. So when I was 13, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and I had taken a year off of dancing and I was super lucky. I went into remission and I got the green light to go back to dancing. And so I tried, you know, but my body was so different. I had, I was getting so many injuries just left and right. And it was very clear. So I'm that 17 year old kid in Miami. And I'm like, what am I, is this like my life? Is this actually how this is going to go? I just couldn't see my career really lasting more than like two years with the, my body was just breaking down. And at the time I didn't really like any other forms of dance. So I said, see ya to the ballet bar. And I totally just left dance. I went to college for history. I was in a PhD program for history. And I was like, what am I doing? This isn't my life. And I stopped and I went to Tisch to get my MFA in dance and dance performance and choreography. And I danced in New York a bunch. And then I moved to LA and I was doing some stuff in LA. And I knew I just really wanted to teach like at the end of the day. And I never thought I would ever want to do that. So that's how Michelle and I met. We started teaching together. She chaired the department at the time, the dance department at a school called Relativity School, a four-year college. Then the name changed to Studio School. Now it's Hushing College, Los Angeles. My and roommate Michelle, went there. Oh my God. Yes. Stop. Uh, act, she's an actress. Okay. We probably know who she is. What's her name? This is where you uh, say well, her name, Alex. Not, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't know. Does she want us to know? Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask. We her can edit it out if, oh my if gosh, we need yes, to. This is Emily crazy. Gart. Emily Splizgart. Wait, no way. <laughs> Wait, Michelle, you're muted, but but she's having a, uh, a celebratory moment over there. I was having a celebratory moment quietly, but yeah, totally. Oh hi, my God. Emily. Yeah, I'll tell her you said hi. She's so crazy. She, yeah. Oh Small God, world. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. So sorry to interrupt, but you no, said it, no, changed, it's fine. it so, changed the name and I remember. Yeah, it changed the name. It. So Michelle has since, uh, and she'll tell you, has since moved on, but I'm still currently there and I'm the chair of the dance department now there. And that has been my dance journey. And I really, I'm just so passionate right now about, um, dance education. And I really asked me 20 years ago, I would have laughed. I would have been like, no, me never. (laughs) So you never know. That's amazing. It's, it's so crazy how it's never linear and it's never what you plan. And it's, and we tend to ask like, Oh, what's your five-year plan uh, to some of our guests? Honestly, Alex, we should like follow up and be like, so what actually happened moving forward? Cause it always works out, but never in the way that you think it does, but that's amazing. And I, what a, what a beautiful story of highs and lows and um, how you ended up running into Michelle. So now Michelle, your turn, let's retrograde to use our dance vocabulary, uh, take it back from before you and Kristen met. Uh, where are you from? And same story. How'd you get into your dancing? 
Totally. Uh, well, I was also a ballet nerd. Um, so I went to American Ballet Theater School when I was 14, moved to New York, like is weird. Um, and then, you know, I danced for ballet companies for four or five years um, until my friend Double Dog dared me to audition for a musical. And um, I did, I auditioned for a musical and I got the job. It was during our summer layoff. And I was like, oh my God, this is where I belong. Cause I'm like super extra. Like I would get in trouble for like, you know, the backline of Giselle, like as a willy, like I'd be like smiling, like, yeah. So I was like, they're like, stop smiling. You're dead. Like, so I jumped full force into the musical theater world. Um, and then, uh, you know, dancing in a bunch of regional theaters. And then after about a year, I got my first Broadway show. Um, and then I did five Broadway shows, eight shows a week for almost hit, like eight or nine years. Um, so it was really awesome because once I got into musical theater, I started to do everything. Like I was taking tap classes and jazz classes and like hip hop classes. And then I was learning to belt and riff and like I was opera trained. So like I was, you know, so, <laughs> um, and I found this beautiful home in the, in the Broadway community, which is like amazing. Um, and then, um, anything goes, which is my last show was closing and all of my girlfriends were getting jobs and I wasn't getting a job. And I was like, I didn't have, like, I had this, this identity as like, I am like the person that's always working. And then I didn't find a job before the show closed. And then I was like, well, that's it. I'm moving to LA. I'm going to be a TV star. So I moved to LA. <laughs> I did a bunch of weird, like commercial jobs out here. I did some stunts on music videos and um then did a lot of like did tv and film acting but like not really successfully like I you know was the girl that got killed and you know a bunch of crime shows and like nothing exciting and then my friend called and was like do you want to teach at this new college and I was like sure because I've been teaching the whole time and um and then I, I showed up at this college and I was like this is so fun. Like I love teaching and I've been teaching, you know, on and off, like as I was dancing. Um, and so I fell in love with it and I like jumped in feet first, like I always do. And then ended up, you know, um, chairing the dance department eventually. And then, um, getting my master's, I got my master's in business. Um, and then I ended up, uh, my last job there was as associate Dean of undergraduate studies. And then I left in September, um, to start kind of working on dance end and working on my writing career. Um, but yeah, so I've always been passionate about dancing and dancers and people. Um, and when Kristen and I started talking about, you know, let's, let's do something like, because we had these students that we were like, these, these students need resources. Like we, we see how dance is, you know, sometimes not the healthiest and we want to be able to like provide resources for these dancers to, to approach failure, approach anxiety, approach body image, self-talk in a healthy way. Cause like I live my, I got fired from a ballet company for being too fat. Like that's like in my, my identity. So how do we teach them how to better deal with this? And then that's how dance end like was born. <laughs> and so, you know, many, many, many spa meetings later and play dates <laughs> and like <laughs> we're, we're here. You both are so inspiring because I, I find this all the time with myself where I feel, I feel this pressure to like only dance and I feel like I'm going to be judged. Like anytime I try to tell someone, Oh, I want to try singing. I want to do this. I want to like be a writer. I want to do all of these things. Like I feel judgments like, no, you have to be a dancer and you have to commit 100% to that. But I've already put 25 years in. I feel like I can now, you know, build those other skills. So it's lovely hearing from you guys who are also professionals and educators saying, I have all of this, these different skills I can add to my skill set and make you yeah. more um, of a well-rounded person and artist. And I just love, it's so crazy. I don't know why I put that on myself. Cause every time we talked with guests, they're like, I have, I have all of these other interests. I'm educated in this, 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 and that, and the other. And I'm like, why do I feel like I have to only Dance. It's not, it's I did not that. You. It's not it's, just you. It's I think it's dance dancers culture. It's the, it's kind of, we've called it like, this is, sounds very dramatic, but it's, 
it's a little bit of like generational trauma from like your dance teacher's teacher told them that. And then they told you this, you have to be just a dancer. You have to be great at one thing. Well, and because not the only way to be a good dancer is to dance, right? Like right. that's all I was ever taught. Why are you going to dare you that's invest? Help you be a yeah. Dancer. yeah. Why are you going to Which... spend time like in fulfilling your soul in a different way. That's not going to help you be a better dancer. It's like, well, life is more than just about being a better dancer. And honestly, if I'm a more interesting person and I live a more interesting life, I'm going to give a better performance. <laughs> Which so isn't true. it, isn't it interesting to how actually in on a multitude of levels, like I'm talking physical cross training, I'm talking, I'm sure we'll dive into this more mental health, emotional health, how it is so healthy and vital to your dance career to do other things than dance. But yeah, it's just like word of mouth passed down generationally of like, well, if, if this isn't your blood, sweat and tears every day of your life, then you're going to fail. Yeah. And so I'm so, so grateful that you guys, and we just had uh, my dear friend Erica Day on, um, that you guys are, are, are flipping this narrative and bringing this conversation to the table because I'm, I'm, we've, We've talked about this on like a personal training level, like when we had Melissa McGee on, who was uh, the head coach of the Ohio State dance team, like learning how they've integrated cross training, strength training, Pilates, all this on a physical aspect. So I'm so excited to dive into like the mental and emotional because I feel like it's 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 the next topic. It's the next topic and it needs to change for everyone for ourselves, like rewiring our own brain. And then us all as dance educators, passing that in a healthy, more palatable, conversational way to the next generation. That's amazing. And I'm so, so grateful that, that you guys have embarked on this journey together. We are too. We are and it's, it's so funny. We've found that through creating all of the different resources, and we've done a lot of research. We've read many, many studies by many, many doctors and you know neuroscientists, and and we've found that through making all this stuff, we've kind of helped ourselves too. Like <laughs> we'll be talking, and I'll say something, and Kristen's going, and Kristen will be like, "Michelle, that's negative self-talk," you know, and I'll be like, "Kristen, you look so skinny today. You look." And she's like, well, Michelle, you're glorifying a thin body, you know, like, so we're, so we've kind of helped ourselves in creating all of this. So it's been great. Oh I'm gosh. Gonna... I mean, this is where, like, I'm just going to say it. This is why I'm interested in doing it because I needed this as a young kid. I need this now. It's self-help. So much... It's self-help. Yes. There is so much about, you know, I know being an entrepreneur, quote unquote, because that word is still like, doesn't, I know Michelle, I think identifies more with this than me. Cause I'm just so not, I wouldn't consider myself a business person, but that's part of like, my issue is like, why can't I have another identity? You know, Alex, I'm going through the same thing right now. I'm, I'm just a dancer. I don't know anything about that. It's so, it's so ridiculous. And I, all of these things that have come up in the process of creating dance end and creating a business, right? All of these fears have bubbled and risen to the surface. Well, you're not good enough. You don't know enough. You haven't dedicated your whole life to this. Who do you think you are trying to step into this? Imposter this? syndrome. I talk about yes. it all the time. And it's totally from my dance training. Yeah. And you know what's so, so interesting is like every casting call you read, though, is like they never they say like strong dancers, but we want modern, but also hip hop, but great personality and great, great be smile. ensemble, and but be a star, but don't pull attention, but exactly. like shine but in a way of like trying to book the job. It does make sense to be a little bit more like of a human. I think uh, I've, I just had like a huge um, dance intensive last weekend. And it was like all like Alex be a human. Like you are so technical. You're a dancer. It's great. But like, you need to like be a human too, and it will help. But okay. So I uh, kind of give us an insight of like what these spa conversations were, I guess, when you guys were first starting this, like, how did you decide on a structure? How did you even decide on a tangible thing for people kind of take us through that process? I know that's a kind of a difficult question to ask, but kind of those beginning steps, because Lord knows with Taylor and I too, like even how we kind of started this podcast, we like, didn't know what. First we off, I'm doing. mad it wasn't at a spa, but we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there we, when we evaluate for season three, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And I think that's what, what 
So to go back to what we were talking about, I think this is what holds a lot of people back is that they don't know what's going to work. But the fact is we never know what's going to work. So we were like, let's make a thing. And then we were like, what do we struggle with? What do we think that other people struggle with? And so we started putting things together. Um, The first thing we created was a 12-week intensive um, course for dancers. Um, It's called Nourishing the Whole Dancer. It talks about the importance of mental wellness. It talks about self-talk. And then it really dives deep into body image, social media, all of that. Um, And we created, it took forever to create it. And then and then we started marketing it and we were like, well, we haven't gotten that many, that much interest. And then we were like, okay, well, let's try this other thing. And then let's try this other thing. And then we just um, made an ebook for teachers, for dance educators, how they can care for the mental wellness of their dance students. And that blew up. Like we literally, we were like on like for 12 hours, like entering all of these different people, literally from around the world. But, um, but so it started with like, what do we need? What would, do we wish we had? What do our students need? Um, and then we were, then we were like, who else needs this? Dance teachers. And they, they like, they're the kind of the, you know, the, the root of the cause or the root of the solution. And we're hoping to change that to make them the root of the solution. Because a lot of the times people don't even know what they're doing. You know, they're just saying things that they're, they were told or like making observations like Sarah, um, your pirouette is way better than Mary's. Can you watch Mary's pirouette? And we're like, no, oh, oh. you know, like that's no, but, but like teachers don't know that, you know, or, or it's like the select group. There's this glorification around, like you guys are doing it right. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause again, that's what we grew up striving for. I say we, as, a, as loosely, you know, knowing we all come from very different backgrounds, but it's like, you know, oh my gosh, I hope that I get to. Uh, demonstrate the tondus, or I hope I get pulled up on stage for this convention class. And it's like, there's, there's, I think a healthy way. And again, I don't know why I'm saying this, because I'm sure you guys have all the research behind it and healthy way to fill that, that need without off putting and down putting other dancers and discouraging and uh, promoting this culture of comparison. Yes, there absolutely is. (laughs) And it's, you're like, Oh, good. Um, Totally. Like your instincts, like our instincts, I think this generation of dancers and dance educators are finally being like, Hey, this is crazy. What have we been doing? And like, let's change this because we can change this. And that's really exciting. And I think that's partially why the ebook that we wrote got so much interest, which in and of itself, like, I mean, I know we were so excited, not just because like, okay, we made something that people wanted, but like, look how many people are wanting to make a change and how many dance educators want to do better and want to change this conversation. And when you're in a room with students, there is something to pull out and praise about everybody there, everyone. And to be a good dancer doesn't just mean to have a good tondu, right? Like there's so many more aspects to that. And to, to be like a good learner, it's so horrible when, if someone doesn't get something the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, like they're still showing up and trying, doesn't that count for something? Because it's those hard workers that are going to succeed in life, right? Like it's the people that show up and show up and show up and show up and show up. And oftentimes they don't get praise for that in class. And you think if I don't get something the first time, if I'm not a natural at it, then I should just stop now because this isn't my thing. And it's, and that comes from the studio, you know, and instead of like, and that that happened to me and I got this very fixed mindset where if I'm not good at something the first time, I'm wasting my time. I can't learn this skill. This just isn't me. And that is so wrong. And so, you know, that's one of the um, chapters in our ebook is like how to encourage growth mindsets in your students so that they love the process of learning. And it's not always about the end result, but it's about the process because you've got to love that part or you'll never sustain a career right in this field. And there's kind of that gap because when you're starting dance at three, you are, you, it may, it like, to me, it came naturally, but it came naturally because I don't mentally remember ever having to be like working so hard. You're not, your brain isn't developed yet to be like, okay, I'm learning a new skill. You're just kind of like, I'm copy, copying and yeah. imitating. And then you get to that point. But when you're like 
13, 14, and you start to be more aware and you're like, this is hard. I'm learning a new skill. Why isn't it not coming naturally to me? Like you're learning a new language. It's harder. So like there's kind of that gap when you do become self-aware when it does get harder. So you have that, that thing where you're like, oh, it's not coming naturally. I guess I should give up rather than pushing through. I also was going to say, uh, both, uh, Taylor and I went to university of Arizona. That's where we got our BFA in dance. And it's so interesting because college is a totally different uh, set of teachers and educators, and they don't have that super competitiveness going on. But I was inspired and wanted to be better by just watching the other dancers in the room. I didn't need anyone to tell me, Alex, you're doing this wrong and this person's doing it right. I already was self-aware to be like, this person's killing it. And I need to be that, that naturally happens without someone like pointing it out and drawing the line in the sand between you two. I feel like once you're at that caliber of dance and that age, you're like, I was so inspired by Taylor and everybody else around me. I was like, oh, I want to dance like these people. So it happens naturally rather than like being the iron fist to separate everybody and make you feel horrible. Or there's a transition from that natural talent into like you guys were saying, like, uh, okay, you're not getting it the first, second or third time. Maybe it's the teacher. Maybe it's your teaching <laughs> methods. Maybe it's not the person. And I, I, it, it makes me realize like you have to get on their level as far as instruction goes. And we all learn differently. And I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, so we'll bring it back in a second. But I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge thing of just rewriting this script of both us as dancers and as, as dance educators. So I'm sorry, Michelle, I cut you off. Oh no, it's okay. I just, I mean, I think it's so important, you know, and so going back to the, the classroom and the, and the importance of teachers and educators, dance educators specifically, knowing what is going on, research today says that one in five youth will be diagnosed with a mental health issue in their lifetime, one in five. And nowadays, students spend much more time with their teachers than they do with their parents. And um, there is an actual research study that says that dance educators specifically wield a significant amount of more influence over their students than even their educators in, you know, their normal classroom and school. So, like, it's so important to know that, like, everyone in the classroom is is looking up to you. If you're a dance teacher, whether you're teaching a three-year-old or a 60-year-old, you know, like, at, like you are in front of the classroom for a reason. And it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a burden and an opportunity, you know? And I think that the more mindful we can become of, of being inclusive of every type of learning, every type of body, every type of person, every, every, human breathing thing that comes into your classroom that can move even if it's a dancing iguana um bust a move like you know don't tempt I, me I, I will go find myself a dancing iguana <laughs> like youtube search it now <laughs> I'm totally i have teasing. my pet praying mantis over here her name is clarice so. what up clarice she's living her best life does she dance though that's my question she does i love that she's a hip-hop dancer <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, sorry, getting off tangent now because I'm picturing your 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 praying mantis doing a kickball change. But um, no, okay. So I we had this ebook that was a huge success. What was kind of the next step into developing? Tra- uh, excuse me, Dan Send and utilizing that uh, momentum. Like what? What was the now. next? Oh, <laughs> hi. Yeah, that yep. was today's spa oh, day. Welcome yeah. to the present moment. Yeah. So it's all about the process, right? So um, I think our next step, so, so we have set up a number of panels. We've, we've collected from literally around the world, a bunch of really amazing psychiatrists and psychologists and um, licensed marriage and family therapists who used to be dancers. So they get dance, but they also get the science behind dance. So we're starting to have um, to schedule. We'll have our first um, August 3rd. So we're um, starting to schedule panels with these professionals so people can do like ask questions like what what happens in my brain when I fall out of a pirouette and then I tell myself I'm terrible or I'm stupid or I'm, you know, whatever. So they can kind of explain the science behind it and, and also maybe make dancers like 
understand too that it, it, they're not. It's not just dancers that struggle with this. There, it's, it is there. It is a human condition that we that for many of the things that dancers struggle with. Um, so we're starting with those. So we're doing some panels. Um, we're starting to schedule workshops. Um, so we're doing a one and a half hour workshop and then some day long workshops. We just scheduled a day long workshop with a college in the UK. Um, so we're starting to do all of that. Um, but we're also like learning. So we yeah, are, but we should together. mention by the way, that we just launched this company just yes. launched June 1st. Yeah. Wait, Mind so blown. We're, little babies. <laughs> we're tiny, we're tiny little babes. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you guys have gotten such great. Wait, June feedback. 1st. I'm like, sorry. The date is July 18th. The past June that just happened. That you were like correct, a month yeah. and some change old. Happy, happy, whatever amount of days <laughs> that is. You guys, I'm, I'm, I'm floored because hearing, hearing both of you tell your story and your passion behind it and the research and what's happened and where you're going. I'm like, oh, this has been happening for a few yeah, years easily. I'm like, like, I'm sorry, you years. said workshop at a college in the UK. What? You were born yesterday. So this is just my very <laughs> dramatic interpretation to say congratulations, you guys. And that yeah. really, that surprises me in the best way possible because it, you, you're just so, so clear in your mission and so well informed in your research behind it. So props Thank to you, you guys. I yes. think really, yeah, I, think I mean, it's, it felt like the perfect merger of all of our past experiences, everything that we are personally interested in. I mean, between Michelle and I, we read so many books on (laughs) self-help, on psychology, on this, on that. We listen, we're constant, we're learners, we're lifelong learners. So when we decided to do this, you know, we're pulling from a whole lifetime of experiences. And it really felt like everything that we had experienced made sense in this way. Like, oh, this is where I can put this part of myself and this part of myself and this part of myself and this part of myself and, oh, her over there and her over there and that person over there and everything just comes together. And I think that that's partially why we got rolling so quickly because it didn't, even though we just launched, it didn't feel like we were starting from scratch, you know, it and felt we started like the courses before June is June 1st was when we were like, Hey world, <laughs> we're yeah, here. We, yeah, we did. So we, we did some like, work prior. Kristen has a blog that she, she writes about like resilience and, and dealing with failure. I write a weekly column in better humans. Like, so we, so we, so we are nerdy about this kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But it's coming at like such a perfect time, you know, coming out of the pandemic and, um, I'm so hard on myself. I know Taylor is too. I'm just kind of like, uh, like, why don't I know how to navigate this better? I'm like, wait, we haven't, I haven't been alive for a pandemic. Like <laughs> let's, let's breathe. Let's chill about this. Like literally I had a costume fitting yesterday back at Cirque and like, I put on my costume wrong, like in the improper order. Cause I'm like, Oh, I forget the shirt has shorts attached. And it's like <laughs> those little things that you're like, it's been so long. Like I actually laughed about it, but it's like, take a deep breath. We're yes. all literally getting back on the, uh, whatever the phrase is back on the bike. That's not right. But you know what I'm back saying on is the horse. there the we horse. go <laughs> back on the horse. Yeehaw. And so giving yourself that time and that patience to adjust. But yeah, I have to completely agree with Alex. This is coming at a perfect time for everyone, whether you're professional, whether you're getting back in the convention circuit, whether you're getting back in, or maybe you've never taken a dance class or you've thought about it over this time. I think this is going to be such a beautiful segue for all skill levels um, and all ages, really. I want to know, obviously you want your you want people to experience the workshops, but if you can tell us a little bit about what people can expect when they do sign up, what are kind of the topics that are covered and types of exercises and homework, I guess, that they can expect from those workshops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before actually we dive into that, I do want to mention one other thing. So if you go to our website right now, danceend.com, you'll see that our current offerings, we have this 12 week intensive, right. That Michelle had talked about. Um, and that's paid. And then we have a free five day dancer challenge. So you can sign up for that and it's five days long and you learn all kinds of sciencey stuff about your brain and how it works while you're in the studio taking class. And, you know, and then there's exercises that you can do journal prompts and things like that. Um, but that's what we currently have. And then the ebook of course, um, is also a free offering. That was my microphone. That was a sound effect, um, a free offering for dance educators, um, which if you want, just send us an email, danceend.gmail.com and we'll have it, give it to you. 
Yeah. And then upon completion, so it's a 60 page ebook. And so um, if a dance ed educator completes that ebook, and then we have a, a test that you can take afterward to receive a level one um, certification, dance teacher certification through Dance End. Um, and another thing to know is that like we completely other than like in-person workshops and then like, you know, Q and a panel kind of things, even those it's all on your own time. So it's all completely asynchronous. It's completely, we get dancers are all over the place all the time. And we don't want to add one more stressor to your plate when you're trying to de-stress. <laughs> so, so even the 12 week intensive course can be done completely on your own time. We give you one week of content at every, every week, we give you a few things to read and some homework. So some of the homework is, um, we do a lot of journaling prompts. Um, we do exercises, we do challenges where, you know, the body image section, you know, you have to, uh, walk around a public place and stop someone and just compliment them and like, watch how, how they react. You know, there's a, you know, you have to like draw your body at like an outline of your body and then write like messages of gratitude to like the different parts of your body. Like, thank you neck for holding up my head rather than like, Oh my God, my neck's too short. And I do that head. every morning. Yeah. Every morning I tell myself like literally whatever it is, like <laughs> yesterday I was teaching and I was like, I love my collarbones. You guys, I yes. love them. And like, when I'm dancing, I'm like showing off my collarbones. Like I think about that all the time. <laughs> I'm like, so thankful for them. Like, I'm very negative towards other parts of my body, but like, I do still try to do that every morning and it does help. Yeah. It does. It really does. Like, and, and these are things that, you know, you're not going to, you know, take a, an hour and a half workshop or, or watch a panel and suddenly be like great with yourself. You know, we, we hope that this will become the beginning of a, a journey toward creating a sustainable career, you know, talking about like people that really are like, you know, quote unquote talented and they like go for it and they like do nothing but dance. Um, many of them burn out, you know, like the people that approach dance in a more holistic manner that are more, you know, interesting people that cultivate their other interests and hobbies. Those are the folks that stick around. So, yeah, we're hoping to like really give dancers and educators tools to create habits yeah. because that's where the success comes, right? It's not just to read something once and, oh, I'm good. Not a BuzzFeed not, article, not a not seven day trend, not a it's, things. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not a quick fix and it's, it's, it's learning to rewire your brains and have her have those. And I, I say that with love and positivity rewire in the best way so that we're having these positive conversations with ourselves. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's flipping the script of our own mental capacity of, Oh shoot, I fell out of that pure wet. Gosh, no, I can't believe all this and learning to, to make lasting, like you said, long-term changes that are going to positively um, affect your mental and physical health. I think, I don't know why I'm explaining your program to you, but that's the but, message that no, I'm getting. Right. So. <laughs> you are right, right. Exactly what it is. And part of rewiring the brain is figuring out what it's doing in the first place, right? Like mm -hmm. so many dancers don't even realize how terribly they speak to themselves. I mean, they know it to some extent. They're like, oh God, yeah, I do that all the time. But they like, you know, as we're all doing now, like I laugh about it. I'm like, I'm so mean to myself, but geez, Louise, if I actually sat down and wrote every time something came into my head, wrote it down and said it to myself in front of a mirror. And that's happening probably every minute, every two minutes throughout the day. How many, how many times is that a week? How many times is that is a, in a month? How many times have I degraded myself like that in my, throughout my entire life. Right. So it's like, and this is not easy work, right? This is no. not easy work and everyone has the best intentions and it, it's helpful to be in a program or to have a resource or where you're being led through this and there's some kind of accountability and you know, there's a community and you're with other people and you don't feel alone and you're not the only person thinking like, oh my God, like, am I the only one doing this right now? Like, hopefully mm -hmm. no, your whole class is doing it. Right. And our ideal, um, the, our ideal dream is that this course for the dancers, the 12 week intensive course that studios do it 
for all of their dancers. Maybe it's part of their summer program. Maybe it's part of their, you know, the regular, so that everyone is on the same page. And by the way, we should also mention that for every student that signs up for that course, that pays for that course, we gift a free course, that same course to one of their dance teachers for free. Oh my God. Because we want them to know what their students are doing, you know, so that they can help and they, they understand and learn. And if that student starts to really begin to change their mindset, begin to rewire, and we say the, you know, the phrase we rewire our brain, like your brain actually physically can change shape. Like, like it, it like it changes, like the pathways in your brain, like change, but slowly, and they're going to change more quickly and more long-term if you have a teacher who's supporting them as well. Absolutely. And it should be just as like studios do makeup training and hair training Mm -hmm. for seasons. There should also be this training. And it's like, you do it every year to keep everyone on the same page. Um, But relating back to what uh, you had said, Kristen, about uh, like the thoughts that we tell ourselves, it's crazy because we tell ourselves we need to feed our body with like nutrient rich food to give ourselves energy. Our brains are the same way. Our thoughts are the food. And we, I give my brain like nutrient-free thoughts sometimes that literally don't have anything. (laughs) My favorite quote is that your body feels everything your mind thinks. And I, it's easy for me to say that, but it's something I remind myself of every day. And it's so true. It's, it's the physical, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Physical reality of, of everything starts from a mental place. And so, yeah. Let's nutritionize our thoughts, shall we? <laughs> yes, I love so that. Difficult. Can we can we borrow that? Please yeah. <laughs> also fact check me because uh, nutritionize terrible grammar. So uh, yeah, I'll work. I'll I'll try to reshape my brain to to figure out what that means. But um, oh. well, so what is? I mean, I know we joked earlier about how it's never linear and it never goes how you plan. But right now, um, post spa meeting, what is the five year plan for Dance Send? Where do you guys see yourself? I mean, I take it away. Yep. Um, (laughs) uh, So ideally, the most important thing that we want to see is to begin to change the conversation in the dance studio. We want to make the dance studio a safe, encouraging, collaborative space all over the world. And we have spoken to people literally all over the world from South Africa to Scotland to Africa, literally everywhere. And every single dance teacher that we talked to, every dancer has been experiencing these same things. So first of all, big picture, we want to change the conversation and we want to start it right now. Um, we want to create, so you know how the, they have the echo, the echo green check, like for buildings like that are eco-friendly. We want to have that. So we want to have a dance and studio, uh, safe space certification for dance studios. So teachers, so parents can go and go, okay, I live in, Chicago, where is my student going to be safe? Where am I going to know that all of the the teachers have, you know, been trained on how to give corrections on how to, you know, support students through their trials. And, you know, um, so ideally we have that, we have a list of hundreds, maybe thousands of dance studios around the world that are taking care of the mental wellness of their dancers. Like cruelty free. It's like yes, a cru- yes. cruelty free stamp. Or it's like the LGBT like safe space. Like you're yes. loved, you're accepted no matter what. And I think that's so beautiful to have. It, it, it's funny as Alex and I have this conversation a lot. How, Mind blown. Uh, how, <laughs> how, how dance educators, there is no... I mean, there, there are trainings and ways to further your knowledge, but they're not really standardized. They're not really implemented. So it's hard to know what what kind of training and what 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 place you're putting your young dancer into. Um, and there's and, no, no HR training. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, every, well, every major corporation has HR training, but the dance studio world doesn't. And yes. we just assume that it's okay. Yes, yes, yes. And research shows that what's, what teachers are actually teaching students more is not what the subject of what they're teaching. Like you're a teacher and you're a math teacher, you're a science teacher, you're a dance teacher. You have more influence over your students in soft skills. Like the ones that we're talking about right now, resilience, mm-hmm. growth mindset, how to be a pot, you know, how to be positive towards yourself. You are actually teaching them that more than you're teaching them about the Pythagorean theorem or plies or 
whatever. I might have missaid Pythag, whatever. It's okay. I mean, I use that one on, on my day-to-day basis next to trigonometry, Sokotoa. Yeah. So and really important things. I don't use anything. I don't use. It's I up use, there with Nutritionize. Yeah. <laughs> I use Zilch from AP Calculus. However, I learned later, I was like, oh, it's just problem solving. I'm not necessarily yes. using the numbers, but like I'm training my brain yes. to problem solve, even if my answer is wrong, <laughs> which it often was. I'm still solving the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but this is crazy. I'm getting so passionate now because you're talking about having these stamps and standardizing things. And I think that's why dancers so much of the time we run into these issues of not being credited where we should be credited and kind of being overlooked as like, oh, they're just dancers. It's because like we ourselves don't standardize things. We don't have a structure. We don't have, everyone knows it's a grueling um, career to be in. Everyone knows it may, may be underpaid and people work really long hours, but no one does anything about it. And I think if we, we create the standardization of it and we say no, like everybody else says, oh, I really have like the math standardized test. Like someone made that and we don't have that for, for dance on all yeah. levels. And that would gain much more respect from all 360 from everybody. Everybody would be like on board because we're like standing up for ourselves, but like dancer mentality, we're like, we'll do anything, whatever you I want know. me to. And it's, where does that, where it's does so, that, it yeah. comes from a mindset that's set in the dance studio when we're like, we're, you know, we shouldn't diversify. We should just dance. We just dance. We just dance. Well, you know, creating a, you know, choreographer's union is not just dancing. That's like some other things. So, yeah. And um, it's so hard as a dance educator. I was just talking about, um, an alum of the school that we, that I'm still at and that Michelle used to be at about this particular issue, because as dance educators, it's like this two pronged thing that you're trying to get your students ready for industry, right? Industry as it is, because they're about to enter and they should know, they should know what's Which is happening. like a war zone, kind of. Yes, it's like right? you're preparing so you're for battle. Them, yes, you're preparing them for battle. And at the same time, though, and importantly, you can't forget about the second prong, which is you're also preparing them to change that battle because it doesn't need to be like that. And that's where we lose it because all of our focus goes, well, this is how it is. So I'm going to prepare you for how it is. And I legitimately had one student um, say to me one time, but it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) I was like, you're absolutely right. You read my mind. This is where we're going next. But, but that's the thing. Right. And so it's like, it's hard to straddle that line because you're preparing them for what they're about to enter, but we also need to prepare them to do better than that. Like they can change it. We can change it. It doesn't need to be that way. So that's, that's really hard, but it's not impossible. No, absolutely. And that's, that I think is, is such a a great start to a quote unquote air quotes, five-year plan is just changing the conversation, bringing it to young students' attention and also being like, this may not be the common thing now, but guess what? At one point, standardized math testing wasn't either. And somebody had to gain enough momentum and be like, hey, maybe we should standardize this. So just having, I think that conversation is so, so vital. And like you said, prepare them for battle, but also prepare them like to be the nurse, the paramedic that goes out and can be the aid. I don't know where I'm going with this war analogy here. I really do love dance and think it's an amazing I'm, industry. I'm seeing but it. I'm seeing it. <laughs> this is a I'm Hallmark movie waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh but. my gosh, we, we must talk. Hallmark yeah. is my guilty pleasure. My <laughs> mom love... will be very happy to hear that. She, <laughs> every Every day she's like, not every day, but every now and then she's like, you should watch this Hallmark movie. I'm like, I only watch it when I'm like at, at their house yeah. <laughs> and I like, I can never do it on my own time, but she loves it so much. Um, oh, I'm with her. Yeah. I mean, at the Christmas movies that I have watched are pretty fantastic. I'm I mean, <laughs> not going to lie. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap this up, just to kind of end on something light. Well, first of all, we like cannot thank you guys enough for taking the time and just us nerding and geeking out over this makes me yeah, so you, happy. I mentioned that earlier. When you said nerdy and geeky, I'm like, let's let's change that negative self thought and change it to passionate. Passionate. And yeah, because yes. I'm so yes. like I'm I'm literally sweating a little bit because I'm like <laughs> dancing, agreeing with everything that you guys say <laughs> off mic. But Alex, sorry um, not to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, but just. If you guys can let us know anything that's been a funny learning curve as you've kind of been on this journey, anything that's kind of embarrassing, or maybe you were journaling and you wrote something down and you're like, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. But for any of you, like something that's kind of one of those funny things, because I know 
when you're starting something new on your own, there's so many learning curves and AKA a podcast, AKA a, yeah. like, a mental health awareness program for dancers. Anything I'm that sure. might have been like a little embarrassing. And it could have honestly you can give us anything that's embarrassing from or funny from your dance career as well. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. So like Kristen and I sit, share the same brain. We we joke all the time that we share like I'm about to text her something and she'll text it to me. And then like it's the like it's super weird. Like we write the same, like we like think very similarly. But as far as like like I guess hard skill, like skills, like we're so super opposite. So um Kristen goes. So we're talking about SEO today and like I, my, my, my eyes like glazed over and like, I just looked over at La Brea and I was like, oh, it's a lovely day. I've got not, you know what I mean? And then like, you know, she'll, she'll be like, Michelle, what are those? So I, I remember, I can see numbers. So like I just, any number I see, I memorize it. Like it's in my head. So she's like really quick, Michelle, what's the, what's the hex code of the teal, like in our like logo. And I'm like, Oh, it's da, 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 you know? So we like, it's so weird. We're the same person, but, but we've like meshed all of our weird skills together and it's been really cool, but it's <laughs> been funny to get to know each other. I am not a numbers yes. person, but whenever we did concussion testing at Cirque, I am very good at memorizing numbers. And I'm so bad. No, and and yeah, and no, it was crazy. Like the um, performance medicine um, therapist, I almost called her a physician. She was like, she'd be like, anytime I'm getting hit in the head, like I'm coming to you for my phone number. Cause like, I I don't do well with numbers, but if someone tells me the numbers you have in the concussion test, you have to repeat them back in the same order. And then you have to reverse them sometimes. And I would nail it. I would get like a hundred percent every time. So it's, but I'm not good at adding numbers together, but like, but, but we have a very similar that, yeah. work balance in that. I mean, I, Alex is incredibly creative, but she's also like always on it when it comes to like emails responding, here's this date, social media. And I'm just like, la la la, who should we bring on next? So <laughs> it's very, yeah, we share that same, uh, same brain, but like also yin yang Venn diagram brain. So Kristen, what about you? Anything yeah. come to anything oh. come to mind? Yeah. And usually I'm one for like funny things and I'm sure there's a billion, but that they're just not popping into my head. So this one's a little bit more from the heart, maybe because we were talking about Hallmark. Um, but <laughs> so Michelle and I, you know, we are passionate people and we, we just work together really well, which we learned working together at the school we were working with. Right. So And we're both into research. Like we've talked about all this. So when we decided that this is something we were going to do, there was really no doubt in our minds that it was going to be successful. Like we just couldn't see a world where it wasn't. We were like, it's needed. We're smart. We're capable. We work really well. We can do this and we can change the lives of millions of people, right? So we get started to work. We're like, okay, we're going to launch on June 1st. Before that, we're going to, we're going to create this course. We're going to find beta testers for it. We're going to get them and we're going to get their feedback, which they're beta. They're still beta testing. We're going to do this. We're going to do, we had this whole plan. We started our Instagram account. We started gathering emails to, for our newsletter. We started just doing all of this stuff. Right. And in our minds, we're like June 1st, baby, June 1st, it all goes down. Well, June 1st comes around. And like any other day, it comes and goes and we shout out into the oblivion like, hey, we're here, you know, and we get like, yeah, we get like crickets and I, and, and to be fair, like that's kind of thought how that's kind of how I knew it was going to go. I didn't think it was going to be this like crazy splash. I thought it would take time. And Michelle like texted me a few days later and she was like, Hey buddy, are you still in this? And I was like, of course I am. Like, this is not. And I think like, that's why like you, and you see it in us, right. When we're talking, like we are really passionate about this. We as dancers would have had a different life. If these resources were available to us, we would be different moms. We're both mothers. We would be different at like, we would just be different teachers. We would be different people. We would be kinder to ourselves we would have, our lives would just have been different. And we 
so, so fully believe in what we're doing. Neither one of us are in this because it's just a flash in the pot that we just thought of. And, oh, there's a market for this, or, oh, this is the next big thing. Like we really, really believe in what we're doing and we're not going anywhere. And so if what we're doing does not resonate and it's not working, then we'll just find something else in the same niche that does, right? Because we have got to get this stuff out there and the stuff that we all experience has got to change. And so we are, you know, we're, we're there, we're doing it. Um, and congratulations on being there and Thank doing you. it. Cause I know we're both, sorry, I'll go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that you had, that you said, there's no way this won't work because uh, our mindset usually is if it doesn't work out like that, it's always it's like, this will fail instead of like, nope, mm-hmm. this is going to work. So mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was thought flip that was the script, that. view it. It's yes. Starts, and we're trying, right? Your like body, your action starts in the brain. Yeah. This is years and years of, of noticing how we speak to ourselves and doing research and reading books and listening to podcasts and realizing that if we're going to make this work, we have to believe in it a hundred percent. And we can't be mm-hmm. scared if it doesn't work. Cause it's just consistency. Like some parts of it might work, not work. And then we just pivot. Right. And we find the stuff that does work. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Donald Love offered salads. Lululemon selling plus sizes. Come on, y'all. Pivot is that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And honestly, I know Alex and I. I can speak for both of us. We're so we always get jazzed when we have our uh, jazz pun intended uh, when we have our interview guests on. But like this one, really, really hits home for us. And I know all of our listeners are going to feel so strongly and equally as passionate to join our Hallmark Army to go to battle to change this narrative. But. (laughs) Ladies, uh, before we go to recruit, to enlist our listeners, where can they find you? I know you mentioned you have your website, which is dansen.com, but uh, social media, where else can they find these resources yeah. to connect with you? We are on Instagram as Dansend Official. Um, we are also on Facebook as Dansend. We are on Twitter. I say that with a Twitter, Twitter qu- yeah, <laughs> quotes, because we're there. We're not really doing much, but eventually we'll be doing more. We're also on LinkedIn. Oh, amazing. And um, it's D-A-N-S-C-E-N-D, like transcend, but with a Dan. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait. I'm going to do the, the five day uh, yeah. workshop and, and I'll yeah, do right journaling. Yeah. It would be fun. Maybe we'll do like a little, we'll like follow post up. on our, our, a follow up and post on our inside dance podcast yes. Instagram. Cause that would be so great. And I can't tell you, like, even though I know we've been dancing for so long, I still, it's crazy. You think you've reached a point where you don't need that anymore. And it's like you said, it's a process and we need to just get used to making it a part of our lives. So we cannot thank you guys enough for sharing your knowledge. And we're just so thankful for you. And I'm like, again, jazzed and ready to go for the rest of my day. Like, I feel so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. We're thank you so much for having us. Awesome. And you're creating such amazing content. And so we're very, very, very grateful. Totally. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your contribution. Um, We look forward to starting our trial and keeping up with you guys soon. So we'll be in touch. Kristen, Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you, Dance End. 